Uh, okay, welcome to this uh, episode of What's Your Work? I am really happy and excited to be joined by Kamal Tarara today, otherwise known as G. Um, and I was talking with G before and was saying, okay, how would you like me to introduce you? And he said, well, introduce me as you experience me, which I thought was a lovely way to, uh, a lovely invitation. And so I remember back to the first time we met which is when you were in the Metropolitan Police. And my experience was, was just this warmth and welcoming energy. That was my overwhelming sense of, wow, this, is, this person is bringing positivity, wants good things that I immediately felt, I don't say safe around, I don't know if that's quite the right word, but just kind of, oh, here's someone who's alive, awake, and bringing good things. So that was, that's my experience of you and it's being borne out by obviously a, a kind of relationship that's grown over the years so that's yeah that's going to be my way of introducing you how, how was that that was that was nice actually that was um one of the best okay yeah, you're, <laughs> you're in my top 1000 <laughs> <laughs> so we have to preface that that g has become a, a kind of on his way onto the celebrity list now and and for those of you that, that don't know or haven't watched it yet um there's a very powerful film that's being created say starring g about your life the black cop and it's been bafta nominated and we'll hear i guess soon kind of whether it wins the bafta but none irrespective it is just a, a an incredibly i mean I know powerful is an overused word but just a kind of yeah, to me searing maybe just just insight and look at your life but just has so much resonance for the for our times and in so many ways and we can talk about that some more. So, what else would be good for people to know about you, or, or? Well, I mean, that my work is I'm a facilitator, and one of the things I do is go into organisations and help them to have uh, courageous conversations, especially in the equality, diversity, and inclusion space. You know, get them to speak about the things that they find uncomfortable to talk about but give them a level of comfort and foundation to talk about it. I also do one-to-one -one coaching for leaders who are, well, basically that came about because there are leaders who don't know how to say, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, and it's about giving them the space to say, I don't know, and explore why they don't know or what they want to know hmm. uh, yeah. without judgment, without fear, and without, you know, spotlight on them. Yeah. And you're, and, and you know, the title of this podcast is "What's Your Work?" and and you know we'll we'll dig into it. You've done a ton of work, right, already on yourself, as it were, given everything that you faced, and also kind of experienced clarity around. Hey, this is my work to do in the world, right? So there may be some quite a reflective quality to do this, as well as some and kind of okay, what you still see as your work, or what's still alive for you. You know, as it mm. is for me, of kind of, hmm, yeah, this is an edge at the moment or whatever it might be. So there's there's lots of ground for us to cover. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to, where, to see where we go in our conversation because there's so many, so many different directions. And That's too <laughs> I guess one thing I'm going to say, just as, as a also a facilitator doing, in doing coaching work, is that your, what well, is my experience of your presence and because you've, I'm going to say done the work. It doesn't mean it's finished, obviously, but, but you've done, you've been in the work enough yourself. That's just such a powerful place to to come into the room from of like, yeah, I, I know what it's like to be X, Y, Z and in my own way and wrestle with that and be incompetent with it and then find a way yeah. through. And I think mm. that's just such a stunning place to do the work you do from. So I just want to, I want to acknowledge that. Thank you. And, Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Yeah. And it's not easy. Um, no. So what, yeah, where should we start? I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little opening to where's your energy. Where should we start? Um, why not start with where we are now and then see where that takes us. I mean, I'm in, I'm in an amazing space. Um, and even when I talk about it, even no matter how many times I talk about it, it's still, it's still very emotional for me mm. because 
what's happened in the last month, last four weeks, has just expanded my understanding of what can be possible. Mm-hmm. And it's just blown it out of the water. Um, and basically, it's just said to me that life will always continue to offer you surprises. Hmm. And, you know, I'm just in that place of what the hell else can happen? Hmm. You know, um, last year, if I take it back a little bit, I had a painting done by a local artist who, you know, called me and said he wanted to paint me. And that was an experience that I thought was amazing. You know, watching this painting, which initially started off as me, and then as it grew, it, it started to take on a life of its own. And I started to realize that this painting is going to have conversations that I'm not going to be part of. Hmm. Uh, this painting is going to meet people I will never meet. Right? This, this painting is going to have its whole journey by itself, which I will not be a part of, but have a connection with, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that, that what that kind of did for me, unconsciously, I don't know whether it's unconsciously or not, but it's kind of said to me, we need to let our stories go. Yeah. Mm. Our stories, for me, belong to the world. And we have to let them go and do the work they need to do. Mm. And that's what's happened with the documentary that's just been made. It's, it's, it's having conversations. It's starting conversations. It's creating ideas and thoughts. And it's gone off on its own journey. And, you know, occasionally I'm getting some of the feedback, but it's just an amazing feeling to say that we you know that that validation of we need to let our stories out there we need to let them go out into the world and and do what they need to do mm. Mm. even that even there's so much so much even in that just the maybe i'll call it the wisdom to even understand that our stories are not ours but at some point if we try and hold on to them or control I'm like oh it's not that no, i wasn't you know just that is not your story. It's, it's inherently your story, and and it's not your story in the sense, as you say. And so, how did you even get that learning or insight to be able to let it be free and and do its work without you? I think it's about that. It's about control. Um, I remember, you know, and I think we we spoke about this before, but I remember doing my initial training around facilitation and one of the one of the guides or students or teachers on that path was a guy called Paul Barber professor Paul Barber and he used to do he did the module on gestalt facilitation for us and um, one of the things he used to say was if you want control you have to give up control hmm. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. You know, I'm there in the classroom. I have to manage what's going on in this room. I have to be in control. Otherwise, it's going to get chaos is going to happen. You know, the world's going to go crazy, you know, everything like that. Um, And then one day I was in a classroom delivering a workshop and this conversation started in the room and it was a really powerful conversation. And I just thought, I'm going to step back and just watch and see where this goes. And this conversation was bouncing around and bouncing around for about 10, 15 minutes. And then there was this really powerful reflective silence that entered the room. Mm. And then after about a minute of that silence, it was like everybody in the room turned to me and said, right, so where are we going now? Mm. And it was like, oh, I get it. But then what, what, what also happened to me, Darius, is that it's made me realize that I've always been letting go, but I just didn't realize I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I think that it's, it's the more I've allowed myself to be vulnerable, the more amazing things have happened. 
if that um, makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm asking the question. That's this is a per, you know, in a way, it's a personal energy and edge for me of how do I do that more? Because I, I, I can see that energy in myself to kind of resisting mm. letting go in different ways, and I kind of do it in certain ways. I think really well. And then there's a comes a point where I can just feel like, oh no, no, I'm not, I'm not ready for that. And holding, you know, trying to hold on or trying to control overtly rather than fully letting go. So I'm I'm in admiration and learning in terms of Well, what makes you want to hold? What 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 is it that? feels like it's gonna be safer, right? It feels like, mm-hmm. oh, if I if I control this situation, I mean, it's not well, so definitely safety, but also then I, you know, like, oh, I get to feel like I'm important somehow, right? And so there's I think mm-hmm. both both energies and they're 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 not over I say they're not overt. I mean they're there. And I think I design things and show up in ways that that mean that often they're not present. But even that, as there's a lot of thought into, okay, how do I set this up so I don't need to be in control? But even that's kind of a, a way to kind of go, okay, well, I, you know, those are my bound, you know, maybe that's appropriate. Like, that's what I feel safe with. Like, I could just, I just can see in myself those conversations that I'd have to feel really in the right place and time to go, okay, let's, let's go there. Mm. Um, or, or feeling attached to a story. Like, and I, I'm amazed because I, you know, I've seen some of the interviews you've done. And obviously people haven't lived your life. They have two minutes with you, 10 minutes with you, whatever it is. In my view, they're asking some pretty clumsy questions. They're kind of making some assumptions, trying to put words in your mouth, trying to tell you what your experience was. And and you're so graceful. At least that's what I've seen in terms of, you know, receiving that and working with it. And I can imagine I might, I might be a little bit like, hey, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like that. Although that's not, you know, I could, I could just imagine trying to control the narrative about, hey, you know this incredibly personal story and and moving wrenching and yeah just part of me i think would be wanting to i could see trying to go no it wasn't like that and mm. just mm. letting go of like i don't get you know i don't get to dictate how someone else interprets my story exactly exactly <laughs> exactly and, and and that's what i like is like no, great. You know, you see it the way you see it. <laughs> yeah. And whatever works for you. But, but you know, the part for me where I, where I will draw the line is you can see it the way you see it. You can interpret it the way you interpret it. But don't tell me how I should feel about it. Mm. Mm. That's, not, that's not your remit. That's not in your power, yeah. so to speak. So two things yeah. I want to ask about then, and then we maybe move to a different topic, which is, how do you, you know, the, the, I think it can be hard for people to imagine how you have done the work you've done to get to where you are, right? Because they're still caught in, you know, oh, but if that had happened, that's awful, or that shouldn't have happened. And I think one of the things that makes the film so powerful is, is you really, at least as I said, owning the experience that you had and talking about, okay, well, this is, this was my part in all of this. Right. And just as fully as you can. And it seemed pretty full to me going like, this is what I can see I was doing in here. Wasn't pretty some of it. Some of it was really, you know, difficult to listen to and hear. And, and, and you faced into it and going, yeah, no, this was my bit. Other people doing their bit. I'm not saying there's not other people doing their bits or whatever, but this was my bit. And I think it can be really hard for people to go, well, no, no, you know, you shouldn't be like that or you don't, you know, whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, how do you, and then it's all work, right? To, to at least, you know, I, I went through an experience that, that caused me to have to do work with people. You know, they were trying to be helpful, but it was like, mm. you haven't done your work. And now I'm having to do your work for you because you haven't done yours. So how do you, yeah, how do you, how do you hear that? Um, I think it still goes back to that element of control. Um. And also giving up the need to feel that I have to be perfect. Hmm. Um, I'm perfectly imperfect. Like nothing happens to us without our input. 
in whatever way, shape or form. And sometimes, you know, we may not like the person we were when we did that and it may feel, but we have to, for me, we have to lean into that stuff. That's where the learning is. Mm. Mm. Um, and the learning is owning, you know, you know, there's a particular scene that's in the film, which I, you know, if anybody, I don't want to spoil the film in case anybody wants to watch it. <laughs> be the BAFTA nominee. Right? <laughs> was it, it only took us 15 minutes to get there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the first time. Anyway, no. Um, but there's a particular scene which is a quite, you know, the interesting thing about that, when we were filming that scene, um, I lived the experience. So it was always in my head. Yeah. And I told people about it, but it was still in my head. When it was filmed, and it was filmed with actors, it was taken out of my head and I saw it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's what people see. Mm. But then I also saw that, and I also say, and I say in the film, I allowed that to happen to me. Yeah. And the amount of people say, yeah, but you were this and you were that. I said, no, I, it's not about this and that. It's about recognising mm my own part in that pain. Yeah. And sometimes we cause ourselves pain, but we can't heal from that pain until we recognize that what we've done with it. Hmm. If that makes sense. It does. It was, I mean, that was, a you know, that those words, you know, I, I, you know, when talking about, okay, well, what's going on? You said I allowed it. It was, yeah, it was poignant. Yeah. And hmm. it felt, I mean, as, as, I noticed a, a, a some part of me saying, "Oh, I don't want that to be true," and just recognizing, "Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he did." Yeah. It doesn't make it okay in the sense of that people should have done it or shouldn't have done it, or just but that was your bit. It seemed like, yeah. and as you told it, and as you say, ultimately, it's what you your your experience is the one that, that counts because it's your life, right? So, yeah. and it, I just noticed that, yeah, that's true. And I think I think what that gives us as well when when we start to look at or well, let me own it. When, when I start to look at life like that, it gives me, and I know it's a big word, but it gives me compassion. Mm. It gives me that ability to look at other people and think, well, I don't expect you to be perfect either. Mm. Yeah? If I understand that I've had pain, everybody's had pain in different ways, shapes, or forms, right? But it gives me that compassion to recognize I don't know everything about you, just as I don't know everything about myself. Mm -hmm. Can I can I share another thought that came up? And again, I, I, I don't know if it's helpful. I know we haven't sort of described the scene, and maybe maybe we'll do it without describing the scene. But if it feels helpful, we can you know, give some detail. But when I was watching this that moment, I, another thought came up around. Or come as a reflection afterwards around what might have been going on for the for the other officers in that in that moment, and thematically, this was about I say you fitting into the force into a, into this image of a white white dominated, or that's what it means really to be in the Met Police. You have to be white, right? And and you were recognizing a part of yourself that really wanted to fit in, and. And I wondered if the, if if something I say similar but kind of equivalent was like oh no you know we want you to fit in or like this like this is what it means to fit in like something you know again not to excuse any of it because it's just it's just a, such a uh, I don't know, awful is the right word but just a kind of yeah in a <laughs> not sure what the right word is but I could just imagine you know you talk about the compassion just a space to go like okay what was going on for them right it was totally inappropriate thing to do and. Was there a systemic thing of like, oh look, this you know we're, we're they're a victim as much of kind of again yeah. not to avoid their responsibility in it, but just kind of like we're at the effect of like this is what it means to fit in, and so this is the best we know how to do to have it have it happen. Again, please don't hear that anyway as excusing what they were doing, but just yeah. to be open I mean, to that. Yeah, I, I'm very, and that's why if you see the photograph, you know I've I've got rid of I blanked out their heads. Yeah, because I recognise that we were all on our journey, so to speak. Yeah. We had all learned something in that, you know, that, you know, part of us, all of us felt that that was acceptable. Yeah. All needed to happen or, or was some, you know, somehow. Yeah. Yeah. It, there, there was, and I, when I say this, people sort of like get frustrated or angry about it. I said, there was no maliciousness in it at the time. Mm. 
it wasn't done from a place of mili- it was done from a place of ignorance mm-hmm. yeah. it was done from a place of a lack of awareness and what I would even go further to say that it wasn't the police that did it. We all came into the police with those feelings. Yeah. All the police done was magnify them and created that catalytic moment. But we all came from our respective places with that mindset. Mm. And just as you're talking, this to me, it's just incredible demonstration of by owning your story, right, facing into what might be here for me to look at that's mine, we can see a much bigger picture and open to, well, oh, something's going on for them and maybe it's not just this and maybe it's that, right? Just the the Mm -hmm. opportunity that allows and enables for everyone to do their own work, right? Going back to the theme of doing, you know, like if they want to do that work, they now have space to do that, right? They don't have to get into some fight with you about, oh, he's still holding all this resentment or upset or telling you, it's like, no, there's a space here. If you want to recognize your part in what you were going you can. Yes. If you don't, don't. I was like, there's, there's, and that's a beautiful gift to give yeah. them and the world and yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, part of me sits back and thinks, I hope it is giving them time to reflect and to recognize. I mean, I recognize also that there'll, there'll be some anger there. There'll be some defensive there. There'll be some pain there. And that may block them from hearing what I'm actually saying. But it won't stop them from feeling. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that feeling that they have will do something good for them at some point. Mm-hmm. When they stop looking at me and start thinking, oh, actually, hold on a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what I think was so stunning about, about the film and just that it, it it was clean in the sense of, hey, this is this is me, right? This is not trying to lay blame anywhere. And I you know, loved, you know, the interview that you did where you said, like, I'm not interested in blaming this person, that person's like, I'm, I'm interested in solutions, right? It's kind of a very, yes. like, okay, so yeah. given everything and there's powerful forces at play here and we're all part of that and, and there's stuff beyond us, what are we going to do about it? Yeah. yeah. So I've got two. We haven't had. Sorry, say that again. That's the conversation as a society. We haven't had. We're still in that place of I need. I need you to recognize that you hurt me. Yeah. And actually, no. We need to recognize we're all hurting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So a couple of other questions. So you talked about the emotion. Mm. what's what's in that in in yeah what what can you see is there for you in that just the the i don't want to put words into your mouth but what's what's so what do you mean by so you've got the 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 bafta nomination it's kind of elevating maybe i'll use that word kind of hey so what's 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 causing the emotion now i'm not saying it's, I'm just just yeah does that i'm, I'm trying to be deliberately yeah. vague so i'm kind of yeah <laughs> that's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. successful <laughs> <laughs> let, let me answer it as i hear it yeah and see if that yeah. see if that works um one of the things i've always struggled with and people will laugh at this is that i've always struggled with my self-worth mm. um, um which is crazy because I have done put myself in so many crazy places and done so many crazy things, you know, that everyone looks at me as being supremely confident, right? But there's always been that imposter syndrome. Mm. You know, if people find out who I really am, all this is going to disappear. Yeah. Um, and I think what's, what's happening now I'm finally starting to actually say, you are somebody. You're, you're okay. You're good. I, I, I find, I'm finding a, there's a joy. There's a feeling of, there's a lot of feeling overwhelmed. Mm. 
But there's also this incredible peace that's coming up that's like, wow. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting into a group and doing some work and just seeing how this manifests itself into, into my work. Mm. Um, it's funny, I was walking through town the other day and I'm walking along and there's a crowd of people and just about 50, 60 feet away or yards away, sorry, there was a woman and she just looked up, we, our eyes connected and she just gave me this great big smile. And I smiled back and we got closer and she comes up to me and she goes, how are you? And I'm like, fine. And I'm thinking, do I know you? And she goes, do you know you look like a Buddha walking around just then? Hmm. I said, sorry. She goes, you just had this, she said, you just looked so calm in all of this crowd that it just made me smile. And I was like, wow. And I've noticed that people are smiling at me more. <laughs> Strangers on the train or walking around or people are just smiling. And it's like, it feels good. <laughs> it feels good. It feels, but like I said, the biggest, I think the biggest thing underneath is that what else is possible? I never thought I would get to this. Mm. what else is possible the door of that that window of possibility that view has just wham it's just exploded and and i suppose the other question i'm asking myself is am i open enough to receive and that's something i've been working on is just saying okay look i need to get rid of some of this angst some of this fear some of this and just be open and let whatever's going to, whatever's there for me, I've got to allow it to come through. Just, I just want to be free. I just want to be open and just say, wherever it takes me, I'm open. I'm here. I'm ready. Let's go. Hmm. Thank you. That's, that's beautiful. And it's exciting. And I, so I guess there's a sense of, I don't know if I, I'm using, going to use the word validation. I don't know if that is the right word that comes up with the kind of, the film of hey okay this is you know you talk about self worth is that is that is, is that is that word resonate for you or not or is that is that off base? No, no validation. I think validation is in there, but it's not. It's not at the top. Okay. I think there's a sense of actually you no. Know, now that I think of it, I suppose it, it depends on the context. You're looking at. It's almost like I have used my. I, I I'm aware of the power of my story. Um, because I've used my story as a basis for a lot of my work and it opens up other people and it's, it's created amazing conversations. It's touched people in fantastic ways, but it's also allowed people to connect with their own story. And I've seen that. I've witnessed that. Um, and, and like, I think, like I said at the beginning, now it's recognizing that it's the story that does the work. Mm. And giving that story out and watching it work, it's like, okay, now I get it. It's the story. And that's validating. It's almost like saying, yeah, I saw it as me and the story. Yeah. Now it's like, it's the story. Okay. Yes. So the word, word, so a different word that comes up for me now is relief almost. It's like, oh, this, this, all this work I've done that I thought was me as well as kind of like it can live by itself and do its own yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, um, I don't know if you've ever seen that Steve Jobs. Uh, he did a, um, I think it was a graduation speech at school called Joining the Dots. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's where I'm in that space now of looking back and thinking, oh, right, okay, this is where, all this has come from. Mm. But it, this is what this has given me. This is what it's given me. And the other feeling I've got as well is gratitude. Now, I'm, I'm grateful I went through every one of those experiences because without them, I wouldn't be here today having this conversation and be a BAFTA nominee too. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I think it's important to say because, it, well, at least I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lay something out. Then because I, I think this is accurate, but please correct me. Which is, you weren't doing all of the work that you did on yourself to get like oh because I want to be a BAFTA nominee, right? Or right. I'm, you know, like just like this is my work. To, like I've got what do I do? Like okay, maybe this is the only way through. It's certainly one way through. It's a healthy way through this is going to enable me to be at peace in myself anyway, right? And as you said, you've been doing this work and, you know, so it wasn't like you were trying to, this I understand it, achieve some huge goal. It was just like, this is my life and I've got to work with what's in front of me, coming back to where we started with, okay, well, what's here right now? And I've tried avoiding it. I've tried denying it. I've tried, you know, I've tried lots of different other strategies. They haven't worked so well. All right. At some point, I've, I've got to go into this and, do that competently, incompetently, and you know, kind of recognize that for my own life. Like, or sometimes, yeah, whatever. And then one of the amazing byproducts is, wow, this creates ability to have yeah. my head up and see and connect and have wonderful things happen. And now something amazing is happening. Yeah, 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 definitely. It, it's, it's, it's the gift, hmm. not the intention. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I think that that's something I've started to look at is that you know, I, I, gift is a word that comes a lot comes up a lot in my head. You know, what gift is this situation giving me? Hmm. Whether you and, thought you wanted it or needed it, right? Sometimes we get gifts that are a little bit smelly, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Who's, yeah. Who's, what's this for? And we can yeah. still relate to it as okay. If this was a gift, what what what's it got for me that that could be of use and of value and and yeah, and that's the thing is that recognizing that you know even pain is a gift. Hmm. Um, and you may not you may not understand it at the time. Mm-hmm. So let me ask a, a, a question from a different place. So. I think, as you know, I've been doing a lot of work with with young people coming into the into work, yeah. and I guess firstly to acknowledge like there's the difficult conditions that the both pandemic of, of isolation, of you know at least you know, kind of lack of jobs during furlough and all. So there's kind of just been you know so people have had year two years unemployed, out of work, loss of confidence. And 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 right, I'm just not used to speaking to people. So lots of ah, lots of mental health challenges. Yeah. What? Because I can imagine people hearing like, oh, "What do you mean, pain's a gift?" Like, I, I'm just I can't take any more. I'm done. I can't. You know, what? What? And, and, and I'm, I'm saying this because I know you've faced and been in you know, lots of pain in, in different ways. And what what would you be saying to them? For someone who's feeling like I just, uh, it's okay for you. You're BAFTA nominated. I'm, you know, I'm. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> easy for you to say. And of course, you went through your pain when that wasn't the case. But what's, yeah? It's you know, there's there's a phrase I like, and I think it's becoming more and more resonant for me. And it is, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing lasts forever, and I think. You know, if I was young and I was in that place, I wouldn't have heard me as well. Yeah. You because know, people don't, but people don't see the journey. Yeah. They see the results, but they don't see the work that just mm. brought you there. And it's, I think part of it is saying, don't trust people around you. Learn to trust yourself. Mm. Learn to trust yourself. Learn to be with yourself. And that can be a hard thing to understand. But one day, this will be useful to you. Hmm. Not now, but it will ultimately one day be useful. I remember being a kid, and my I came from a very abusive childhood. Uh, part of my childhood was with white foster parents, uh, my first eight years. And the next eight years was with my natural parents, and my father was physically abusive. And... I can remember being beaten by my dad by rubber hoses, bits of wood, leather shoes. He tied me up. And I remember screaming, screaming, hoping that somebody would call the police or that the neighbors would break down the door or something like that. And no one ever came. 
Um, and, you know, sitting there as a kid, 13, 14 years old, thinking this will never end. You know, this will never, this will, this is, this is, why, why am I in this place? You know, this is, this, the whole of those that from, from eight to 16, those eight years were filled with fear. Filled with fear. And one of the things it says to me now, when, when I see parents who are in that space, I sit there and think, you forget that your kids are going to grow up. They're going to be adults. And that stuff is going to come out somehow. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to face it at some point. And, but you, you, you you, the long-term effects of what you're doing, you can't see it. And it's about, if we could see it, if we could understand it, we would take more care of ourselves. Mm. But sometimes I think we have to go through that pain. We have to go through those experiences. Um, and it's a challenge. It is a challenge. I'm not going to sit here and say it isn't. It is a challenge. Hmm. I can sit here and say, you will get through it. You will get through it. It's it's hard at the time, but you will get through it. This too shall pass. Hmm. You will have good times. You will have bad times. You will laugh. You will cry. You will grow. You will stunt. You know, it's all part of the rich tapestry of life. And what what to me you're an embodiment of an example of is the possibility of turning that difficult situation which seems like a massive understatement from what you've just described but yeah those incredibly painful prolonged experiences to be able to turn that into something right that's the possibility right it's not an inevitability but it's a possibility if we're able to have perspective and work do the work but there's also another side to that Darius as well is that we don't do on our own. Mm. Uh, there are teachers that come along the way, and we, we don't always recognize them or see them for who they are, but there are teachers that come along, or angels, or whatever you want to call them, that come along and just maybe just nudge us every now and again, and it's whether or not we're open to that experience. One of the, one of the ones for me, and I think he's a very, very powerful driver for a lot of what I do, is... Part of, I said eight to sixteen. I was with my father. From sixteen, at sixteen, my dad sent me to Nigeria. Told me I was going on a two-week holiday, uh, and I ended up living out there for eight years. Out of which, one of those years, I was homeless on the street of Lagos, streets of Lagos, living under a bridge. But then, I long story short, I ended up working in a steel plant, and there was a. Uh, engineer that worked there, white engineer from England. And somebody came to me one day and said, uh, we've got this lump of gold. If you can sell it to the white people, you can keep half the money and buy yourself a ticket back to London. And I thought, oh, that sounds like a good idea. So I took this lump of gold and I went to see this guy, Richard. And he asked me to bring it round to his house. And I took it to his house and he took it out of the box it was in and he scraped it. And it turned out to be a lump of lead sprayed gold. And then he just looks up and he looks at my face and he just said, you've been used, haven't you? And I was like, yeah, but it was the beginning of a friendship. And, you know, I used to hang out at his house a lot and we used to talk and everything like that. And for me, it was like, it was a little touch of England again. Hmm. And then his wife came over on holiday and she stayed, and at the end of the holiday, they um, had a little barbecue. And we had this barbecue, and then everybody had gone, and there's about four of us left sort of drinking the last drinks and having that last late-night conversation. And um, the conversation turns to me, and he says, why don't you go back to England? He said, you clearly don't fit in here. You don't belong here. You're not surviving. Why? And I'm like, where, where am I going to get the money from? I, I was earning less than 25 pounds a month. Uh, the fare was 600 pounds. Uh, where was I going to get money? And he said, okay. He said, where's your passport? And I said, I don't know. You know, I've been in Nigeria about seven and a half years by this time. 
And he said, I'll tell you what, when my wife Annette gets back to the UK, we'll get a copy of your birth certificate and we'll get you a passport. So a few weeks later, the passport arrives. Richard says, I'm going to hold on to this because I don't want you to lose it. And I said, okay. So I took this passport. He took it. A couple of weeks later, I'm around his house and we're talking. And he throws this envelope across the table at me. And he says, oh, by the way, I forgot that's yours. And I open up this envelope. Inside this envelope is my passport and a first-class ticket back to London. And I'm in a place of, I never dreamed that this would happen. It was another, for want of a phrase, another BAFTA moment. It was one of those moments where I never, ever thought I was ever going to come back to the UK. I thought I was going to die in Nigeria. That was it. What gives that story a bit of an added context was, at the beginning of that year, I had decided in my head that if I didn't leave Nigeria that year, I was going to kill myself. I came back to England in the July of that year, 1987. That moment changed my life. And I think a lot of what I do now is I want to give that feeling to other people. I want to be Richard for other people. But rather than give them a lump of gold or give them this, I want to give them the greatest gift is themselves. Give them something. And, and, and I think a lot of my work now, I, in fact, I know, is about giving that back, giving that feeling, that, that, that goal, that gift. I want to give it to as many people as possible. And, you know, we have so many people like that who come into our lives and just give us incredible gifts. And we have to pass them on. Well, thank you. You're welcome. You're easy to talk to. You're dangerous. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I almost just don't want to say anything else. I feel like that was such a beautiful feeling that at least I'm experiencing hearing you say that of just the, 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 but almost the impossibility, like how is that even possible that this person that you came actually to con without realizing it mm -hmm. turned into a, actually I'm going to, without even asking, right. Just seeing like, Hey, this is, this is something that's whatever his life was like, this is something for me to do that I want to do that I can see and believe is powerful. And, and just, yeah, I just think it's such a beautiful, a beautiful moment. And then, and then just the, the, how transformative that was for you, that all you want to do really in your life is recreate that for other people. As yeah. you say, in the most powerful way you know how, which is you know, giving people the gift of themselves. That's a lovely phrase. Yeah. I mean, the other side is I don't, you know, I've met with him a couple of times since I've come back. But the, the, the thing I've always struggled with is how do you say thank you for that? Hmm. It's I, the words are just not there, you know. To to say, look, do you have any idea what you've given me? Mm. Uh, and and how do I, you know, it's not about repaying because I don't think he did it from that place of being repaid. Sure. But how do I how do I acknowledge? Let him know that I really really value what he's given me. And, and how much it's, it, it has, it, it changed my life. Hmm. Well, I'd love to offer something as a perspective on that. Yeah, okay. So imagine that you already are, right? You already have, like you being you is the greatest thank you that he could ever have. Hmm. I don't have to sit with that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hmm. Yeah. That's got some work to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I could imagine that just you being out of that difficult situation was like, yeah, great. If that happened, I mean, because, I mean, just to play out different scenarios, right? You could have come back to the UK and I'd say wasted your life, ruined your life, ended up in any hundreds of directions, right? So if his deepest wish was like, I want you to be free from this difficult, awful situation that you're in, just being out of that and having, quote, say, normal life, whatever we want to use that, just like, that would could have been enough. Like, great, you've made the most of this. And you've gone so far beyond that where your life's purpose is like, all I want to do is recreate that moment you gave me. Like, that's multiplying that gift he gave you so many times over. But it's also an indication. Oh, God, this is getting deep now. <laughs> As if it wasn't deep before. But it's also an indication. One of the things, I think one of the important things is that I didn't recognize the gift at the time. And it's an indication of how much my conditioning had blinded me to so much that it's only probably in the last 10 to 15 years that I recognized the power of that gift. Mm. I had to get rid of or recognize or value or work with a lot of my social conditioning that blinded me to seeing these things. Mm. And, you know, the scenario that happened at, in the police college in the film was that was the point where I was still blind. Um, and that's why I said it's almost like joining the dots. So sometimes we can be given the most powerful gift in the world, but we don't recognize it at the time. Mm -hmm. We don't see it for what it is. We see, oh, wow, yeah, thanks. But actually, it's not until you do the work. Mm. And many people don't know that they can do the work. Yeah. So there is even work to be done, maybe how to do the work. And, and I'm going to say, and I'd love to get your comment on, it doesn't even matter how you start, right? Just like start doing some work and then you'll figure out, okay, is this, is this, is this work working? No. Okay. Well, let me try something else. It does, you know, even yeah. if you're off base, like just start working with what it is that you're, you've got. I'd love, yeah. Does that. Or recognizing, you know, there, there's, there, there's, I think there's moments that come along that give you that nudge. Like give you that nudge in a different direction or in a, or say to you, hello, you need to wake up. Yeah. Um, and the question I will always ask people is, how powerful does that have to be? <laughs> I'm smiling because some of mine have needed to be pretty powerful to go, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello, my yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just really. And that's, you know, to me, ultimately, that's exciting because it's like, wow, I've, I've done a lot of work to resist doing this work there's going to be something really great on the other side of this right there's something really worth it because i've done a lot to avoid facing into whatever it was you know in that moment which sometimes we need to do though don't we yeah, yeah. you can't do everything you... yeah oh. it's not not don't try and take everything on at once right at least that's yeah. you know unless that's there for you but it's kind of Work with what's. I think the other thing is to recognize that whatever you're doing at the mo at that moment in time, you're doing it for your own best interest. It may not be the thing that you need to do. So, and I think that that's that part about being compassionate with yourself. Mm. Whatever you do, you're doing based on the knowledge and awareness you have in that moment. Yeah, to the best of your ability. And yeah. Yeah, I think that that being kind to ourselves, most of us are so harsh on ourselves. You know, yeah. like I can be, and I know you said you can be, and just certainly working with with the people I have over this last year, people are you know, a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people, are very conscientious. They want to do good work. They want to be helpful, and and there's so much angst. I'm not good enough. I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to you know, just just it all just gets in the way. Yeah. Of, yeah. Be a little bit kind and and 
or being a lot kind, actually, to yourself or a little bit kind. <laughs> Bathe yourself in kindness, right? And, and Let go to grow. <laughs> say that again. Let go to grow. Let go to grow. And you touched on imposter syndrome earlier, and I, maybe just in the last couple of minutes just to touch on that, because I'm, I'm really curious about so many people talk about it. Mm. And whether they kind of, and the people who are coming in like, oh, I've got imposter syndrome. I'm like, how can you have imposter syndrome? No one's expecting, no one's thinking you yeah. can do anything anyway. But they're still mm. like, it got imposter syndrome. And then people at a more senior level or everyone's looking up to like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm curious about it. And I'm curious about it for myself. Like, well, what is, what is, I actually don't think it's a very helpful term, I have to say, but that's, that just might be me. But I've looked at it, looked at it for myself. I'm going, well, what? My own journey with it is I don't want to feel tense in different in a certain in situations. Like if I'm doing some work with someone, I don't want to feel tense about it. Like I don't like that feeling of am I good enough or you know am I you know I just don't want to I just don't want to experience that. Yeah. And so trying to let go of that as a as a as a word to just say okay, well, what's really there? People doubting themselves, yeah. and the way I've work with okay well i don't want to be in a situation where i'm doubting myself i don't do my best work it doesn't feel nice and so what would i need to do to solve that it's checking in as best i can really ahead of time of okay what is it that you really need and want as an outcome why are you thinking i'm a good fit for that why am i thinking i'm a good fit for that am i a good you know really just being genuinely you know what that's not i'd i'd love to but i don't think that's accurate I'm not even just going to run away. I just want to check. Like, I'm not sure. I'm, you know, like someone asked me to do a piece of work yesterday. It looks like an amazing piece of work. I'm like, wow, this is really great. I said, all of this looks fantastic. Um, love to do it. And there's this one bit that you've asked for that that doesn't, you know, that's not an area of skill set that a knowledge that I'm really feel, you know, as competent in as I do all the other bits. Mm happy, you know, I can work with others to bring that piece in. Just want to lay that on the table, right? Because, like, if that doesn't seem like it's central, but if it is central, maybe I'm not the right person. And there's a piece of work that looks like a great fit to me, but it's a way of heading off doubts I would have later if I didn't say that now of, oh, do they think I'm, because I didn't, you know, just like, no, this is me. Like, I think I've got stunning things to bring to this and also know this. Like, if that's a deal breaker, then don't have me and let me find someone else for you or whatever it might be. And then, so that, and then the counterpart of that is when we're doing the work, being very free and like, is this what you were hoping for when you hired me? Because this, this is looking like good work or, or maybe sometimes it's not looking like good work. Can mm. I just check, is this what you were wanting? Mm. And I've had to learn both ways around. Sometimes when I think things are amazing, actually the client's going, hmm, this isn't meeting my expectations. And it's very, you know, okay, great. Well, let's adjust then to, to figure that out. And also, interestingly, sometimes when I'm thinking, this is this doesn't look like it's doing what I'm thinking it needs to be doing. They go, no, this is this is perfect. This is, I was like, and it helps me relax into, okay, great, that's wonderful. If at any time anything changes, just let me know, right? Yeah. I'm happy to step out or change or adjust or review, and that keeps me relaxed and 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 then not doubtful. So anyway, I just wanted to lay that on as a kind of, yeah, any any reactions to that or kind of what do you do or what's it's uh, for me my definition of imposter syndrome is the unhealed inner child mm. who and my imposter syndrome or my child my inner child is still sitting in a corner scared mm. and it's and now i'm in a place of having a conversation with him to say he's okay it's all right you can come out yeah, I'm here now for you. Right, all those times when nobody was here, I'm here. And having that conversation and allowing that that to happen, but to me, it's the voice of the inner child. The imposter syndrome is a way of asking myself, "What do I need to work on?" It's an indicator. I remember you towards the end there, you were talking about situation, but I had a scenario. There was a guy who I've been working with for almost 10 years. And we first met almost 10 years ago. And I was delivering a course in Hampshire. 
and he was a uh, police officer from Austria, a colonel in the Austrian police. And he, um, he at, at the end of the workshop, he comes up to me and he says, would you like to come and work with me in Vienna and deliver a workshop in Vienna? And he's like, mm, yes. <laughs> um, and he invited me over for the planning and prep. And I got there and he had the whole week's workshop mapped out literally to the minute. I think I've told you this story before. Say it again. I love it. Yeah. And I looked at it and he's going through it and I said, sorry, can I just stop you? And he goes, what is it you want from me? I'm going to deliver this workshop. And I'm sort of like, yeah, but there's, I'm not there. Right? I said, what you're asking me to do, you could have got a monkey in to do it. You didn't need a human being. And he was like, oh, Anyway, so we had that conversation and there was some angst. We started the workshop. And increasingly, as the week went on, the tension between us was getting more and more intense. Um, you know, I'll be delivering a session and suddenly this conversation would start. And you're like, yes, yes, we're now getting... So and they say, right, it's now 10.15. We stop here, we go to the next session. And I'm like, what the... Whoa, can you not see? And I remember it got to the Wednesday and everybody had gone to lunch. And you know when you're sort of in the classroom and the two of us were sat in the classroom, we didn't even look at each other. Right? We didn't even look at each other. We got to the end of the week and it was like, thank God that's over. Uh, bye. And I came back and I thought no, that was probably one of the most challenging weeks I ever had. The next year he rang me up and said, oh, I'm doing the same course again. Would you like to work with me? And I thought, OK, I know what he's like now. So maybe I can adjust to work because I know what he's like. And I got there and nope, it was exactly the same. Right. And even though I knew it just still was, but then we got to the last day and something happened. And we were talking about, we're asking the group for feedback about how the week has gone. And the feedback was phenomenal. Like the feedback was incredible. Some of the best feedback both of us had ever received. And we were sort of like, okay, I don't know what it is, but there's something about this dynamic that actually works. Uh, and we've been working together ever since for the past, like I said, 10 years. Right? And it's funny because his PA always comes down and she and her, her opening line when she comes in, she goes, right, could you tell me when you're going to have the argument this week so I can just let everybody know? Because, you know, now we argue, but we argue with love. Yeah. yeah. Um, we still have tension, but it's a tension on a foundation of love and respect. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's been a great partnership and I've learned so much from that. Yeah. And it really just speaks to this, whatever we think we're in, and, we, and sometimes we may be in something, just to be able to be open and check in with how is it for the people that are we're in service of? And if genuinely what they're saying seems like this is beneficial, accurate, like just to be, okay, as you say, all right, there's, there's enough here, or maybe a lot here that's really working mm. and enables us to do our own work. So wonderful. Yeah. So we are we are at time. Um, I want to do, well, I guess say one thing, which is it sounds like there could be a feature film, right? I mean, I know you've just had a documentary. I mean, your the, your life is just one of those stories that if it was a film, people wouldn't believe it. It's like, oh, that's a bit, oh, come on. That, why do they have to put that bit in? You know, it's almost, like, <laughs> almost toned down. Like, no, well, they're just never going to believe that bit, whatever. So here's to a feature film. Um, and... Mm. A shout out to the director, to Cherish Ortega. Yeah, just of yeah. the Black Cop. Amazing work. Um, good luck with the nomination, whatever happens. And yeah, thank you for taking the time this morning to yeah, be together and, and uh, go deep. Yeah, I've enjoyed it, Darius. I've enjoyed it, but I knew I would. I Wonderful. knew I would. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank we you. have such great conversations and it's nice to do it in a different format. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, until the okay. next time. <laughs>